Today is Thursday, December 15th, 2022. New dark details emerge about the attack on Paul Pelosi. Bombshell House Republican report links COVID-19 to China's bioweapons program. And candidate for RNC chair, Harmy Dillon, joins the show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. We're going to build this universe, and it's going to be the based universe, all right? This is going to be... Way better than any of the Marvel stages, we promise you. And we are also here to save the world. We're also here to save the country. And the way that you do that is you talk about truth, the reality of what's actually going on. You speak in facts. You do not hide or obscure things from the American public. You are the people who decide the direction of this country. It was always you who had the power. This, by the way, what we're building is based entirely on you. And it's based entirely on your viewership, so we thank you. If you wish to continue to support us in creating this content every single day to you for free, a way to support us for free, subscribe. Please subscribe to the show. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please like and share this video with your friends. Please jump into the comment section. We love the salty army. We love seeing people from all across the country jump into the comment section. And we have Harmy Dillon on running for RNC chair today. She's going to come on. Give us your questions while she's on live with us in just a few moments. We'll put them up on the screen and we'll ask Harmeet some of your questions. This is a show designed by you, built by you, powered by you, and we say thank you. We are taking every single bit of energy that gets poured into this show and returning it right back to you. And so that is why we will continue with one of the most important stories and one of the most curious, one of the strangest stories that has ever happened in modern politics, the attack on Paul Pelosi. Finally, the footage has been released of the Paul Pelosi attack. You remember right before the election, October 28th, Paul Pelosi gets attacked in his home. But the entire situation starts to fall to pieces. Like the curious and strange situation around the attack begins to make less and less sense. And the answers became more and more opaque. With time, it didn't become more clear what was happening. It became uh, more cloudy, more confusing as to what happened. With Paul Pelosi, and it is our obligation to show you and to give to you the hard evidence of what actually occurred. And I got to be honest with you guys, yesterday in the David DePape official first court hearing that happened inside of the San Francisco District Court, all of the evidence was finally laid bare. And we're not thinking that it makes more sense what happened. It suddenly is making less sense with all the evidence on the table. But all we've ever demanded is that the evidence be put out there. And we have a duty to show you. So let's begin. Let's start off with who David DePape is, because this is very, very important. They tried to cast him as a far-right MAGA Republican. The truth could not possibly be farther from that label. That they slapped on him conveniently. Remember, Joe Biden gets trotted out, gets yanked out, the old bag of bones, Nancy Pelosi, the whole rest of the media jump immediately to this is a MAGA attack. Well, none of these people know David DePape. What do we know about David DePape? Nudist, drug abuser, loner, homeless, illegal immigrant. It's from Canada. Not here legally in this country. He's here because of California sanctuary state policies. But now... In an exclusive interview with the Daily Mail, his son, his biological son, is finally speaking out. And here's what he has to say. His biological son, named Neb Gonzalez, this is the man's name, saying that his father is a product of deep abuse. 
in his own life. Almost no person on this planet has gone through more suffering, his son says, about David DePape. If you look into his eyes, you can see he's a sad and broken person. He's in a danger to society. I don't think that he attacked Mr. Pelosi. For all we know, he was some sort of sex slave. This is this is his son speaking, all right? Coming in hot there. He often told us that he was raised in an abusive home and would be physically abused by his grandparents. Speaking of his father, now in custody for attacking Paul Pelosi. DePape, 42, told him that his parents pawned him off to his grandparents who were physically abusive to him. It like, becomes very sad here listening to this. Instead of staying around, DePape would escape to the ocean and swim all day. When David was a toddler, his son claims that his grandmother dumped a pot of boiling water on him and a piece of his clothing melted to his flesh, scarring him for life. Gonzalez said that he first heard that his father had been arrested for the attack on Pelosi. He was in shock. This is not the type of person he is. I'm surprised at this whole thing. There's a lot of info that hasn't been given out to the public about my father. I have no clue what happened or how it happened, but there are more questions than answers right now. Do we even know what really happened? His son saying that his father might have been a sex slave? What's going on here? This reporting, of course, exclusively at the Daily Mail. Gonzalez said when they were younger, his father took them to the park and the beach. He had fond memories of his upbringing. He was the best father that he could be. He tried to make us happy. But unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, hurt people hurt people. And this is playing out now. David DePape has been castigated as a MAGA Republican. His son said poppycock, garbage, lies. His son debunked the idea that the attack was politically motivated. My father had no political views. He's certainly not a Republican or a Democrat. He doesn't subscribe to either political party, his son says. DePape said that the two parties are just covers and colors, according to his father. What mattered were the policies of each individual person, and each individual person is quite unique. This isn't about the left or the right. It's just a distraction. He said his dad was a member of the Green Party, and that's, of course, been played out by the conversations with the neighbors of David DePape, the attacker of Paul Pelosi, his neighbors, the neighbors of David DePape uh, had this to say about the attacker, uh, certainly echoing and backing up the man's son who said, yo, this is not who my father, we don't know what's going on here. My dad's not a Republican. Watch. So they are just, you know, nudist drug abusers and that's who gravitates toward them. And the children, I'm sorry, the children who live there, they seem to be underage or under 18. I'm not sure how old they are. Okay. And Trisha, again, what's the, what do you say their politics are? Um, I'm not sure. I would imagine that they're more left-leaning uh, because of their support for uh, the gay community um, and for, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> for other people. But uh, it is... Uh, now I'm not sure what way they live yeah. because... Because they have the flag, the LGBT flag with the yeah. hat. Yeah, so. so David DePape is a homeless man who had an LGBT flag with marijuana leaves making up the stars and stripes. This is David DePape. His son saying, uh, he's a Green Party member. My father had progressive views. This is an exact quote. From his son, he believed in human rights, equality, justice. He was against the war. He's a peace activist. He's hardly a right-wing conservative as he has been branded by the media. This is the guy's own son calling out the press, saying the press is peddling lies for their preferred political party. 
He's been a progressive. He's always a progressive. I'm a progressive, says his son. I admire Nancy Pelosi. This family likes Nancy Pelosi. David DePape's family. Extremely strange. Paraphrasing Glenn Greenwald, skepticism is not a crime. Skepticism is a prerequisite to truth. You must be able to ask questions and you must know all of the information. So let's get into it. Gonzalez says that he tried to speak with his dad, but he's been blocked so far. We deserve to know what happened, especially in such a high profile case, his son says. So far, what we know doesn't make any sense. This is the man's son screaming out for some type of clarity here. What happened in the attack of Paul Pelosi? What are the facts? You had body cam footage. You have one of the most high profile men living in one of the most expensive neighborhoods in all of San Francisco. He was just charged with drunk driving. You've all seen the mugshot and so on. And then the Paul Pelosi news hit like a bombshell right before the election. And now we finally have laid bare and played before us the body camera footage. We have been demanding that this get released to the public for all to see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is the holiday season and we were expecting to find a wonderful glowing red present under our Christmas tree a red wave, and unfortunately it was more like a red wave for a kiddie pool. And so we may be left with more disastrous spending from Joe Biden, more taxes and deepening inflation. How do you protect what you have saved? Well, the answer is to diversify your IRA or 401k into precious metals. And you should do that with my friends at Birch Gold Group. Text Benny to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years' experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, something with real value. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings, especially this Christmas. Text Benny to 989898 to claim your free no-obligation info kit on Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Text Benny to 989898. 98 to secure your future. Go gold. Do it today. The best disinfectant is sunlight. And you cannot have a free people without a free flow of ideas and information and facts. You are entitled to your opinions. We have them on the show every single day. You are not entitled to your own facts. And finally, finally, the facts were starting to be made present and available to us, even though they have been hidden. What happened was Paul Pelosi was attacked with a hammer. They blamed it on Donald Trump. They blamed it on MAGA, and then they moved on. They got the result they wanted in 2022 election. Wash your hands of it. Not us. Not on this show. You deserve to know the truth. And the truth is very troubling. Ladies and gentlemen, Watch the most recent news update, and we're going to get into the real details here as they were revealed in court. They're going to shock you. Have a listen. 
So late this afternoon, we're hearing dramatic new details about the attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband. As the suspect is in court, a police officer testifying that he saw David Dupap smash Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer at the couple's home at Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi's home in San Francisco. That happened back in October. Speaker Pelosi was in Washington at the time. Prosecutors played a recording of DePap telling police that he planned to hold Speaker Pelosi hostage and break her kneecaps. No cameras in court, so we cannot play any of that out for you. DePap has recently has pleaded, I should say, not guilty to state and federal charges. He's behind bars with no bail. Police say that he told them he was on a, quote, suicide mission and planned to target other politicians. So. This is the reason we played that news clip, because it establishes that the evidence is finally, finally, more than a month afterwards, finally making its way out to the public. What happened was there was a preliminary hearing in San Francisco District Court, and they played the evidence, the body camera footage, the phone calls, the recordings, hard evidence released. Not pablum from our psychotic media. Not sanctimonious preening from Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi to try and win an election and try and hurt Donald Trump. Real hard evidence. And what did it show? This is going to shock you, ladies and gentlemen. Let's begin because we went through all of it. It's amazing how they still try and scatter the evidence to the wind. We had to comb through seven different sources in order to get the full picture. And here it is. We're going to put the evidence on screen for you and you will understand it. And you'll be able to make your own conclusions as to what happened here. But it's very, very, very curious. There's been much mystery and intrigue surrounding the incident. And DePap's own family insists he is neither evil or violent, begins the Daily Mail, talking about the court proceedings yesterday. In addition to unfounded conspiracy theories about whether Paul Pelosi knew his attacker or not, there's been more credible suspicion as to why NBC retracted a news report that accurately described the details of the incident before NBC News wiped this report from the Internet forever. Miguel Aguilar is a seasoned decades long reporter for NBC News. He brought this report to bear right before the midterm elections as the information was coming out based on the evidence and he was canceled by corporate media for daring to give you the truth. Luckily, we saved the video and we'll play it for you forever. They want, they do not want you to see this video. They deleted it from their website. They fired essentially the reporter who told you the truth. Watch. Good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not 
not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. That reporter was essentially fired, had their career destroyed for what we now know was a 100% factual, backed up by hard video evidence, correct, true, certifiable, demonstrably factual report. Miguel Aguilar, I hope you sue NBC into the Stone Age. Why the cover-up? Why the cover-up? Let's begin, far be it for me to sit here and defend and promote a corporate news reporter, but this man deserves a defense. And I'll do it because he was right. He was right. Body cam footage of the night was revealed in court for the first time. Cameras weren't allowed in the courtroom. This is a common practice. So we don't currently have the video of it, but let me describe it for you in great detail. The body cam footage and interviews and Pelosi's 911 call were all played in court. Reporters were able to see it along with the hammer used to attack Pelosi. How did David DePap get into the house? Here's where the strangeness begins. David DePap threw himself through a downstairs window at the Pelosi household. David DePap walked through an open gate into the Pelosi's house chucked his large body through a window and then walked upstairs to hover over a sleeping Paul Pelosi, 82 years old. DePap had inside of his backpack a hammer, a uniform costume, a Canadian passport because he's Canadian, he's an illegal immigrant, vitamins, underwear, crayons, scissors, a toothbrush, money water flavor packets, body-worn cameras, matches, cell phone, and gloves. Crayons? When Pelosi first called 911, it was because he convinced DePap to let him go to the bathroom where his cell phone was charging. He told the operator there was a man in the house after convincing DePap to let him go to the bathroom. A little weird, that. DePap just, like, lets him go and talk on the phone. Oh, oh, Benny, he didn't know he was on the phone. Oh, did you know that DePap spoke with the 911 operator? Did you know that? That the, the man who kidnapped and attacked Paul Pelosi was speaking with 911, telling 911 who he was? Oh, get ready, baby. Get ready. We've done our homework. Listen to this. This from ABC News. We're going to cite all of our sources. You're going to see it on screen. Read it and weep. In the ongoing hearing, San Francisco Supreme Court on uh, Wednesday afternoon, prosecutors submitted 911 call. Paul Pelosi made it to the authorities. Are the Capitol Police around? Says Paul Pelosi, I got a problem. A gentleman came into my house waiting for my wife to come home. Pelosi said on the call. This has been played in court. When the operator asked the name, he said, Paul Pelosi. What's the name of the attacker? The operator asked. Listen to this. Listen. This is right in the report. 
Another man could then be heard shouting into the phone, David DePap. Ladies and gentlemen, Christmas came early this year for The Benny Show. The only thing that we wanted for Christmas was a free speech platform, and we were able to get it this year. And it is perfectly harmonious with our free speech cellular service that we use at Pure Talk. We were certainly tired of paying more for woke wireless companies that bend the knee to communist China, and that is why our team at Team Benny uses Pure Talk. It has blazing fast data, and for just 30 bucks a month. Yeah, the same network, the same towers, the same coverage as the other guys, and half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice coverage. How do I know? Well, I am a customer. My business uses Pure Talk, and all of the benefits really add up for us. They're also a U.S.-based customer service company. They're owned by a veteran. And when you switch to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny, and you can switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Free speech. Go to puretalk.com, promo code Benny, save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Wait, so David DePap tells the 911 operator who he is, what he's doing? David DePap spoke with the 911 operator? Maybe that's why the 911 dispatch said that Paul Pelosi and his friend were together in the house. Kid you not, listen to the dispatch. Northern four car, a priority 910-2640 Broadway, cross of Scott and Normandy. Hey, 14 hour copy. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. So his name's David and he's a friend. Did you know that David DePap spoke with 911? They've somehow, they've curiously kept that detail out and the fact that he had crayons in his backpack. They've kept those details from you. He spoke with the 911 operator, and then he gave him his name. Curious, that. Doesn't sound like a real uh, high-level, sophisticated villain to me. High-level criminal. Sounds like someone who is in desperate need of mental help, and it certainly is. Let us continue. What happened next? Paul Pelosi speaks to 911. David DePap lets him speak to 911. And then David DePap speaks to 911. And then 911 operator's like, Paul Pelosi's here with a friend? I don't know. You heard the tape. That's what they said at the time. Okay? This then happens, ladies and gentlemen. Paul Pelosi did not cry for help. Paul Pelosi did not seem panicked when the cops arrived. Utterly vindicating the NBC News reporter who said exactly that. This man gave an accurate report. The filing, however, reveals also that Pelosi was trying to remain calm throughout the encounter. Okay, smart strategy, I suppose. But he didn't communicate clearly that anyone had broken into the home or that he felt like he was in danger. In an effort to remain calm, Pelosi phoned 911 from the bathroom. We covered that. And David DePap announced himself to the 911 dispatcher. David DePap then noticed that the cops had arrived. The cops knock on the door. He and Paul Pelosi go downstairs to greet the police officers together. 
David DePap, in his last words to Paul Pelosi, say, I did not come here to surrender. If you stop me, it's like stopping me from going after evil, and I and you will take the punishment. Read it again. You will take the punishment. This is a quote from David DePap to Paul Pelosi as they walk up to the door to answer it for the cops. He is then threatening directly Paul Pelosi. This we have. This has now been testified in court under penalty of perjury in law. So the last thing that happens is David DePap threatens Paul Pelosi in the hallway as they walk to the door. Then what happens? Paul Pelosi answers the door, according to the footage, opens it with his left hand. Paul Pelosi opened the door and did not flee to the cops, did not announce an emergency, did not cower in fear, did not say take him down. Paul Pelosi walked back to his defense to the attacker, keeping his right hand on the bottom of the handle of a hammer, DePape and Pelosi struggled to fight for the hammer. Inside of a dimly lit foyer, this is reading directly from the court filings. What? DePape had one hand on the top of the handle of the hammer and was holding Pelosi's arm with the other, The charging document describes that the situation had been calm until the moment that Pelosi tried to soothe the intruder and not panic him. The cops screamed, drop the hammer, and that's when David DePape got violent. He struck Paul Pelosi in the head with the hammer. This is on video. Defendant wrenched the hammer away from Pelosi, immediately stepped back, lunged at Pelosi, striking Pelosi in the head with full force with the hammer, knocked Pelosi unconscious. The officers rushed into the house. They tackled the defendant, DePape. They disarmed him. They took his hammer. Pelosi remained unresponsive. A couple minutes in a pool of blood. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been lied to. Okay? We're not saying that this attack... Of course, the, the, the attack happened, and it's on camera. And Paul Pelosi was brutally attacked. It's horrible. We disavow it. It's repulsive. And we don't want anyone to ever suffer any violence at any time, anywhere. All Americans should live in peace. It's literally your right. We protect and defend that. However, you've been lied to. What Paul Pelosi's actions demonstrate here and what this entire situation demonstrates is that Paul Pelosi did not think that this was an emergency. I mean, Paul Pelosi presumably was either thinking he was dealing with like a crazy person, a a, a legitimate family friend, or was was out of his mind. We know that Paul Pelosi has a drinking problem. We know that Paul Pelosi was just charged with drunk driving and hitting another person with his car. He was that drunk. Paul Pelosi was put in jail for this. Maybe Paul Pelosi had had one too many. We're not sure. It makes no sense. You've been lied about, about David DePap's political affiliation. His family has made that very clear and his neighbors made that very clear. You've been lied about, about this circumstance. It was a very curious event. David DePap was not in his right mind. He is a drug abuser, psychedelic drug abuser. We know that through his friends, David DePap, uh, let Paul Pelosi call 911 and then talk to 911 himself, identifying himself. And then David DePap let Paul Pelosi open the door for the cops. And then Paul Pelosi didn't rush in, rush into the arms of the police officers, screaming, my attacker is going to... Paul Pelosi walked back with his attacker, according to the evidence presented in court. Ladies and gentlemen, it just boggles the mind. The lies of the corporate press in order to utilize this extremely strange an extremely demented attack on Paul Pelosi 
to weaponize it as something other than a a tr- deeply troubled illegal immigrant psychedelic drug abusing homeless guy who was out of his mind or i mean clearly radicalized in some context online clearly radicalized by someone to commit some act of violence this guy was clearly out of his mind you were never told that you were never given the evidence you were told the lie the facts are this paul pelosi opened the door for the cops paul pelosi did not declare an emergency paul pelosi did not run away paul pelosi was attacked viciously and terribly but paul pelosi had spent a bunch of time with this guy like talking to 911 together they spoke together to 911 david depat broke in by throwing his body hurling his body through a downstairs window the gates weren't locked the cameras allegedly didn't work at the pelosi house the capitol police was monitoring what the hell and then of course this man's son saying he's a progressive he's a green party activist this guy's a fan of nancy pelosi Again, ladies and gentlemen, you deserve to know the facts. None of it makes sense. You have been lied to, and now you know the truth. This just keeps getting stranger. Your skepticism about this story was validated, and it continues to remain something very, very strange, and and, and it continues to remain that the Pelosi's utilized this sad man and his broken state, his abused state. He comes from abuse. Uh, uh, He did something terrible. For political gain. Nancy Pelosi had an unveiling of her portrait at the U.S. Capitol yesterday. Paul Pelosi was there wearing a fedora, uh, presumably to cover uh, the scar uh, uh, from this attack. Here's the footage of that unveiling. Okay, well. Uh, not really the best painting of Nancy Pelosi. Not sure that that's even possible to really capture Nancy Pelosi, but we could capture one thing. John Boehner crying. John Boehner was there sobbing about Nancy Pelosi, crying uh, during this event uh, about Nancy and his love for her. This was the Republican leader for the better part of a decade. This was the Republican leader. This was your representative sobbing over Nancy Pelosi and his love for her, saying at this event, that his two daughters are Democrats and they deeply admire Nancy Pelosi. This is your leadership. This is your leadership. Weepy, controlled opposition, managed decline, retreat. This has been the GOP leadership for a very long time and it's what we're fighting against right now. What we're fighting right now for the soul of the GOP is the tactical retreat class who already see all of the wars as lost to the left, who weep and sob over leftists when they're in their presence. John Boehner, perfectly emblematic, perfectly emblematic of the the reason we say we hate Republicans more than Democrats on the show, quite frankly, because at the very least, Democrats will stab you in the face. They'll tell you exactly that they want to destroy your worldview. Uh, Republicans will stab you in the back. If you need an indication that the uniparty exists and that you're not in it and they do not act in your best interest, there you have it. John Boehner weeping, saying his daughters are Democrats and they love Nancy Pelosi. Scum. These were your representatives. 
This was the Republican Party my entire adult life. They were not offensive winners. They did not use will to power. We handed John Boehner a gavel and the largest functional GOP majority in my lifetime. In 2010, the Tea Party did this. Instead of the Tea Party taking leadership and grabbing these guys by the balls and throwing them out, John Boehner used the power we gave him to deliver nothing. Nothing. House and Senate and presidency in 2016. Nothing. Nancy Pelosi, a new documentary showing exactly how evil and banal, banal she is. Nancy Pelosi talking about how it's really white men, angry white men who are unemployed that hurt Barack Obama. Listen. Are worried about the economy. This is the person who John Boehner, our political Republican leaders, are sobbing over. A woman who openly is telling Barack Obama, oh, you know, white people are angry because they don't have jobs. That's why they voted against you. How dare they? How dare these white people be angry at you, Mr. President, because they're unemployed? Ladies and gentlemen, the Nancy Pelosi doc continued to to have Nancy Pelosi ask her daughter, who's making this documentary, if she was a, and I'm quoting here, bitch. Uh, for not taking COVID seriously and for insulting Mike Pence while he's trying to save lives during the COVID virus outbreak. Listen. You're doing your laundry during Mike Pence's presentation? What is the point of this call? Yes. Happy Easter to you. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Thank you very much, Madam Speaker. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. And we look forward to continued dialogue between you, the administration. My bitch, Prime time will refrain from answering that question. But we also saw some pretty, well, let's just say interesting foreshadowing to what happened earlier this year. Uh, hey, Jack, uh, it's uh, Paul Pelosi. Uh, uh, the guys are there at the gate. I let them get in the gate, but they went up to the parking lot, and I haven't looked for the key. The key's not on. Get up there. Uh, there are those, uh, oh, the house is unlocked? And then I... Said, um, All right, but, but the alarm's on, right? The point is the witnesses. You have good witnesses. All those behind-the-scenes footage of COVID, too, and got to hear firsthand how the Democrats tanked the economy and got their goodies passed. Watch. How about in that meeting when I quoted His Holiness Saint Fran- Pope Francis, and then Mnuchin said, "Well, you quoted the Pope. I'm going to quote the markets." I want to quote the markets. (laughs) So, all right, here's Nancy Pelosi laughing about insider trading, laughing about how unsecure her house is with, I don't know, presumably a drunk Paul Pelosi right next to her. uh, And then saying she's a bitch. I'm quoting her to her daughter for being mean to Mike Pence, like openly mocking, venally mocking Mike Pence 
uh, while Mike Pence is trying to save lives during COVID-19. And then also saying that it's those stupid white men who voted against you, Mr. President, in 2010 when Democrats got wiped out. This woman is wicked. This woman does not deserve your tears, John Boehner. John Boehner is, again, emblematic of a feeble, feline, flaccid Republican class of leaders who are perfectly happy being controlled opposition by the left, managed decline, and contemporary retreat. They believe that the culture war has already been lost. They believe the Republican Party is over, and it is their job to be the stewards of its decline and thus the decline of this nation. There's one person who's standing in the way of this ideology. She's running for RNC chairwoman. Her name is Harmi Dillon, and she joins the show now. Harmi, thank you so much for your first appearance on The Benny Show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me here today, Benny. Did you uh, knit that sweater? I did knit the sweater. I think that's amazing. I mean, find find you someone who can do it all. Yeah, well, I haven't been doing any knitting for the last 10 days since I joined this RNC race. Well, we have some breaking news this morning about the spending of the RNC. As somebody who knits their own clothing, I think you probably have a good fiduciary obligation to uh, you and the people who do business with you. I wonder uh, if you could get your takeaway of the fiduciary obligations of the RNC to their donors and more importantly to the people who give them power, which is the average day-to-day Republican voter. Turns out that Ronna Romney McDaniel spent $3 million on private jets, $1.5 million on limos, $17 million on mementos. I don't know what that means. $17 million probably would have won a couple Senate races uh, in Nevada and Arizona. Over Almost a million bucks on flowers and almost a million bucks on booze. Um, would, a, uh, would a chairwoman Dylan um, be spending this kind of cash on such leftist luxury eccentricities? Well, Benny, so so no, of course not. I, I don't think it's appropriate to spend other people's money that way. How you choose to spend your own money, of course, is an entirely different story. And so let me step back by saying that some of us at the RNC have known about some of these issues for for years. In fact, we had a contested treasurer's race two years ago at the RNC. My good friend Casey Crosby uh, has been running for that, and now she's running again. And so she brought up some of the issues of staff spending, open bar tabs at Bullfeathers and things like that. But that was minuscule compared to what I saw in the story yesterday. I mean, I had no idea about the $17 million in gifts to donors. We're trying to get gifts from donors and donors don't need tchotchkes. I'm a donor. I don't need stuff, you know, from I, I need to be seeing us win elections. And that's what donors want too. I was speaking to some donors yesterday, some major donors who stopped giving to the party during our current chair's tenure. And I mean, small and large donors, they're fed up. We're not seeing the results. That's the bottom line is, you know, Rana's spokesperson while attacking me for bringing up these issues yesterday said, what's the big deal? It's less than 1% of our spending. That's the wrong approach. That's the wrong attitude. It's every dollar that we raise, be it from the small dollar donors who we harangue with these abusive emails and text messages to the billion dollar donors, they need to be respected and their money needs to be used for the goal of of electing Republicans. $17 million on knickknacks 
could have affected the outcome of at least two Senate races. It could have affected the outcome of a dozen congressional races. It could have made the difference in ground game to help elect some of the governorships that we lost in the last election cycle, where we support federal candidates and then that ground game effort helps others. It could have helped us innovate in the apps that we need to use to, to, to cure ballots, to chase ballots, and on and on and on. And I mean, we're not even cracking the cracking the issue of we claim to raise a lot of money, but our spending overhead is extremely high. When you're talking about, I think I saw in the story that the Democrats spent like a thousand bucks on flowers. We spent about $800,000 on flowers. Again, donors don't need to see, you know, Imelda Marcos level flower arrangements in order to open up their checkbooks. In fact, my approach would be bare bones, you know, hey, can I come get your check and then, you know, call an Uber, not a black limousine, and go to my next meeting. I mean, <laughs> a friend of mine was saying, to, you know, Harmeet, why are you efficient? Well, I bill by the hour. Like, I'll cut people off 30 seconds into the thing and say, hey, can we get to the point? Because I have, like, a bunch of things I got to do today. I'm not, you know, like, faffing around here, just, you know, like, filling my time. I mean, I, I probably work 18 hours a day. Uh, and so that's that's the energy the efficiency, the respect for donor dollars. I'm also the chairman of a nonprofit. We're audited every every year to be able to be able to tell our donors we spend your money efficiently and proudly show that. I've called for an audit at the RNC of all consulting and vendor relationships. I see double dipping. I see triple dipping. And when I after I call for that, Benny, the personal attacks, the anonymous attacks, the the staff at the RNC and the consultants at the RNC who are attacking me, that ratcheted up tenfold. So you got to understand that I'm over the target, and there are some people whose entire lifestyles depend on there being no audit or transparency at the RNC. Yeah, there's an entire uh, ecosystem of losers who get very rich off losing and then never have a plan if Republicans uh, randomly win. And so that has been endemic in the RNC. I lived in Washington, D.C. for 15 years. The RNC members that I knew would lie and say that they didn't work at the RNC. They were ashamed of the Republican Party. They were never Trumpers, and they were ashamed of the Republican Party, at the zenith of Donald Trump. It really is rotted. And you say that you want to move the RNC out of D.C. in part. Well, you know, some operations have to be there. We have a building. Uh, and so, however, I think we could hire some of the best and brightest talent in the country by having regional offices. Mm -hmm. A lot of talented people don't want to live in D.C. Um, mm -hmm. And we, I also think that a lot of the people who live in D.C. and work in D.C., they spend all their time at cocktail parties. I mean, I, occasionally I wander into D.C. and I leave as quickly as possible. But you never have to buy your own food in D.C. You can simply wander from one buffet and reception to another and never have to buy your own food. And then you just get you know all the company of all these people like that who don't earn a li an honest living. And I want our employees to be living in you know places where Americans live. Maybe we would be more in touch with them. Yeah, personnel is policy. Uh, you've talked about how Scott Pressler, I mean, if you had given Scott Pressler a teeny portion of the $17 million for knickknacks, maybe we would have won more than five seats in the House. It, the, the fact that we did not use the historic opportunity that we had to pick up seats in both houses and also lift, uh, lift up some governor races is malpractice. It really is. And so uh, we can't afford it. I mean, I'm not there at the RNC for receptions and photographs with politicians. I don't care. I'm there to win elections so that I can go back to doing my job of winning cases in court, which I can't do if we have far left judges on the court. So I'm really motivated. Rana had six years of service. She did her best. 
everyone, you know, she's friendly and people like her. That's not a good enough reason to retain leadership that isn't innovating, isn't spending responsibility, isn't articulating clear messages and isn't leading us to victory, most importantly. So I pledge no more tchotchkes and knickknacks for millionaire donors at the donor retreats. Where, by the way, I've gone to these retreats and spoken about the election integrity work that I do on my own dime. I'm shocked to see that staff has flown to these two uh, staff only retreats, first class and treated to spa treatments. That's outrageous with donor money. And I don't accept it. First class, Harmeet, they're looking at three million bucks on private jets. They can't fly. Co We're supposed to be like the working class party of the people. We're trying to build that, right? And that, that, that coalition. Well, I, I want to say some of that may be during the 2020 election. I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm sure Ron is going to come out and give a statement as to what that money was for. Mm -hmm. Some of it isn't in the 2020 election cycle. So I'd love to hear I'd love to hear the justification for the very liberal use of black car limousines all over the place. Yeah. I take Uber. I take Uber X. Sometimes I splurge and I take Uber X. You know, I get the good driver. That's how Harmeet Dillon travels. With the little mints. Yeah, and little, little mints and uh, hand sanitizer. And you have the uh, tweet that shocked me to the very core. I haven't actually seen this breakdown this morning. I wanted to get your take on it because it seems like people who donate to the RNC would be donating for victories. Uh, of course, Romney McDaniel has been out doing a press junket about how victorious Republicans were in taking back the House. Doesn't seem so victorious when you read uh, data like this. Five more seats, Democrats would have won the House. GOP won by a combined margin of 6,000 votes. 0.006% of total. That's how narrow the majority is. Yeah. This is not a victory. This was supposed this was a historically bad environment for Democrats and this is the best that our party could pull off. It's it, it look, I mean, I, I'm preaching to the choir here, but it was a bad result. And then you compound it by telling everybody how great it was. And then yes. you blame the voters and then you claim we turned out four million more Republican voters. I appreciate that, except they didn't vote for Republicans. So that's problematic. I'd rather you stay at home if you're going to vote for Democrats. I mean, so look, ultimately, we have I understand you have an excuse in 2020 Democrat legislatures lazy Republican legislatures and judges allowed us to flush our election integrity down the drain in 2020 with the excuse of COVID. Okay, maybe you get a pass. But how do you explain not doing anything differently for 2022 when those same laws were on the book? We did nothing differently. We did not lead on telling our voters something some of them don't want to hear, which is if your state allows ballot harvesting and early voting, Hustle your ballots into the boxes on day one. Do not wait until election day. Some of the people in the base don't like it. I've been arguing with Diamond and Silk about this on Twitter. The reality is if you want to win, you got to use every legal means necessary to get our ballots in, bank them, and, and do not wait until it's snowing in Nevada or there are long lines and machine malfunctions in Maricopa County in Arizona. Do not take that chance. I'm passionate about this. We can win in 2024 if we have a cleaning of house at the RNC of people who are not doing their jobs. I'm talking about the consultant class, a lot of great employees at the RNC. I look forward to working with them, but we got to innovate. We got to get better at winning elections. That's the only reason I'm there. Final question. And this seems to be really going your way. I mean, I'm, I'm quite, I'm, I'm, first off, I'm quite shocked that like Romney McDaniel had so many votes locked up. And now we're looking at Nebraska GOP rescinds endorsement of Romney McDaniel for RNC chair. It seems like there's a lot going your direction. Can you give me the state of the race? Yeah, well, it's going in both directions today. Um, I, just before I got on the air here, 
the uh, three members from Missouri released what I've taken to calling a hostage video. You know, it's a video that they put out uh, saying we support Rana. And okay, I mean, however, a lot of people who supported her originally because there was nobody else running have changed their minds about that. They're hearing from thousands of grassroots voters. A lot of members of the RNC are happy to hear from grassroots voters. I'm one of those. Quite a few of us have deep contempt for the grassroots, and that's unfortunate. And hmm. people should know that, and they should make some different changes when they vote in party leadership. So we have a, you know more than 40 days to go in this race, and so I think everything is up in the air. But yes, uh, my numbers are rising. Her numbers are dropping. And I think that trend is going to continue. Mm -hmm. Here is your website up on screen. What's the best way for people to find out about your candidacy? They can find out at DylanForRNC.com and also follow me on Twitter at P-N-J-A-B-A-N. And um, I'm doing a, a lot of media, but I'm also in between continuing to call the members of the 168 and telling them why I think we need change. Absolutely legendary Twitter handle and a true fighter. I, we talk about offense on this show. We talk about weak Republicanism. You are an actual fighter. You fight for our friends, DC Drainer. You fought against Twitter before it was fashionable. You actually were in the trenches uh, for the party and and doing the work of the base uh, instead of despising the base and the Republican voters. And that alone earns earns you our endorsement. I mean, and along with Scott Pressler, um, you know, Godspeed. Thank you. Thanks for having me today, Benny. Take care. All right. Thanks, Armie. Whoa. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Harmy Dillon, so based, so strong, such a great candidate. She has our endorsement on this program. We love seeing Harmy. We love bringing you the information that is out there. We love bringing you the people, the candidates, so that you can see them and hear what they have to say directly. We do it always live, and we now do it from our brand new studio. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been building a lot here at The Benny Show, but the thing we haven't been building is a bioweapon virus in order to release on the world and destroy everything that we love, including election integrity that Harmeet just talked about there. Why are we saying this? Well, because presumably that's what the Chinese did. Bombshell House Republican report COVID-19 is China's bioweapon program. Lawmakers suggest the virus may have reached humans via lab-related incident in Wuhan. Whoa! I remember a time not too long ago when you would get deleted from social media for suggesting such a thing, and now here it is in black and white in front of your face. House Republicans suggesting that COVID-19 could be traced back to a bioweapons program run by the Chinese government, says the Daily Mail. In a damning report on the coronavirus pandemic's origins, GOP lawmakers stopped short of directly tying the disease to Beijing's weapons research. The investigation led by GOP Brad Wenstrup, GOP Congressman Brad Wenstrup, the report obtained by the DailyMail.com, first shared with Fox News. They also issued a harsh rebuke of American intelligence agencies who they accused of misleading the public, downplaying information. They suggested the, the virus was likely had no bioweapons origins. The intelligence community withheld key information from the public, information that could have been shared without damaging national security. These omissions likely skewed the public's of the public's understanding of key issues and deepened mistrust. It said, oh, intra, it's the intel. It, it, guys, what is, it's the Scooby-Doo meme, right? 
where they take the hood off the guy. Let's see who's really behind all this nonsense, this tomfoolery. They take the hood off the guy, right? And what is it? It's always the American intel agencies. They did the meme. It's always the American intel agencies lying to the American people, deceiving the American people, psyoping the American people. They have taken the tradecraft of espionage and turned it inward on you. You are the enemy to these people. Disgusting stuff. Watch the news on COVID origins. Now turning out, we were right. We were right. What's the what's the timeline? What's the timeline between conspiracy theory to being to being to being factually correct? Like with the evidence showing that we were right the whole time. What's the timeline now? Is it six months? Is it three months? Is it three hours? Go. Republican members of the House Intelligence Committee are alleging in a newly released report that there are strong indications that COVID-19 could be tied to China's biological weapons research program. And that information was released in a minority staff report by members of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence this evening. Quote, contrary to the implication of the ICs, that's the intelligence community's declassified report, Based on our investigation involving a variety of public and non-public information, we conclude that there are indications that SARS-CoV-2 may have been tied to China's biological weapons research program and spilled over into the human population during a lab-related incident at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You've actually heard a lot of people make that suggestion before. Now, what this means is Washington, indeed the country, needs to buckle up and prepare for a steady stream of investigations and witness and expert testimony, and in some cases, even some recommendations for criminal indictments. Mike Turner, who's in charge of this investigation, said that he is open to sending subpoenas, forcing the Biden administration witnesses to comply with investigations that include one on the origins of COVID-19. These are the areas that are indefensible. The administration is not answering and we will not be letting up. Absent their compliance, well, when we will be sending subpoenas. So good. Get going. Take them down. They lied to you. And I'll tell you exactly why they lied to you. Why they said it was a natural occurrence. It came from a wet market. Remember, that was a pangolin. It was a pangolin. Never heard of the animal? Doesn't matter. It was them. Shut up. Stop asking questions. Came from, haven't you seen the, the photos of China roping off a wet market? Don't you know what a wet market is? This is exactly, it's never happened before that a novel virus that when you look at it under a microscope is completely engineered. You can just see the, 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 the nip tuck. The snap-on spike proteins on a COVID never happened before. Oh, by the way, this uh, outbreak occurred in Wuhan. It happens to be a bioresearch facility there in Wuhan that specifically specializes in horseshoe bat coronaviruses that exist only in China. Just so happens that Dr. Fauci funded this research through EcoHealth Alliance. Just so happens also that they have been doing research specifically on spike protein adaptation to these viruses to make them more deadly and more transmissible to humans. Just so happens. But of course it wasn't that. Ah, It wasn't that. Shut up, QAnon, conspiracy theorist. And believe the fact that David DePap is a MAGA-wearing, MAGA-hat-wearing Republicans. Man, it just, it it is remarkable. It feels as though there is a major shift happening in America right now. Have you ever felt less represented 
talk about this all the, talk about this all the time with my wife. Have you ever felt less represented as though like the political class and the ruling elites like understand you less? There the disconnect between us today and our government and the people who lead us is so so wide. The gap is so large. We have really we've reached 17 17th century monarchy status. Like height of 17th century bourgeois and monarchy. This is what we're reaching. We're reaching French revolutionary times right now in America because people are not represented. Your opinions are not represented by your party. Your party ignores you. That goes for Democrats and Republicans, quite frankly. Don't act as though like the Democrats are perfect angels and all this. They, they, they will sell out for a dollar just like anyone else. Your elected officials no longer represent you. They vote themselves power for life. They use unelected institutions and the bureaucracy, which is the largest corporation in America, the largest employer in America is the federal government. Well, that that's your real problem right there. An unelected bureaucracy to rule over you. And they do not care what you have to say or think. And after Donald Trump won in 2016, which may well be our last free election, in 2016, Donald Trump wins in a free and open and fair election, and it breaks them. They are so emotionally and mentally damaged by that that they went about breaking every single institution in America, breaking it. Every institution that was allowing of, not rigged in favor of, but simply allowed Donald Trump to ascend to power, someone who they didn't choose, they broke those institutions. They used their leverage to break those institutions. They placed intel agents and operatives inside of large media companies. They placed them on TV. They placed them inside of social media companies. They will never, they never again. And then they went about the work of destroying Donald Trump from the inside. The people who are asking Twitter to take down Donald Trump's tweets and to censor the president were people who were actively working for the president at the time. People at the DOJ and the FBI actively working for Donald Trump. They were in his employ, constitutionally bound to protect their president and to defend his freedom of speech. They were the ones asking Twitter to take down his tweets. Turns your stomach. Ike Eisenhower took one look at the deep state that had been created after World War II, the gluttony of World War II and federal spending and the full fascistic integration of federal government and private industry into a single effort. And Ike Eisenhower looked at it and he says, there's something very, very dark going on here. Something very, very wrong and un-American going on here. And boy, he was slapped around. He never questioned it again, but he said that on the record. We all know what John Kennedy had to say about the CIA and about the deep state. Now, how'd that all, how'd that all turn out? Ladies and gentlemen, these are very, very dangerous people that will not be mocked because their power is their church. It is like sacrilege to a religion. Power is their church. They are godless people. They do not believe. It's a church. It's a religion for people who don't believe in Jesus. That's what it is. These people, they don't celebrate Christmas. They don't believe in a God. They believe that they are gods. It's hedonism. And it's rooted. It's rooted very, very directly in our federal government. And it's a it's a true it's a it's a true and abiding evil. And we need to take it on directly. 
It's why we talk about this stuff. It's why you don't know about what actually happened to Paul Pelosi. They hid it from you. It's why they censored people on Twitter, including the president of the United States, while they were working for him. These people. And yes, yes, it's why they funded the creation of a virus. They did fund the creation of a virus. This is on the record. These are, these are leftist outlets that say this. We, pl- we showed you yesterday the intercept. They have the documents. Our own federal government funded through EcoHealth Alliance the creation of these bi- uh, the, the bioweapons. Call them what you will. They funded the creation of these Frankenstein viruses. Gain-of-function research is what it's colloquially called in the scientific community. And yes, they used the release of one of those viruses, whether it was released accidentally or whether it was released on purpose. The Republican Party is investigating here and releasing their findings. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, they they used COVID-19 to systemically break our election systems in this country. Harmeet Dillon just said it. And she's right. And it was docile, subservient, feral, ball gag, dog walking Republicans who allowed them to do it all across the country in state legislatures. They did it through lawfare. It's a dangerous time, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, not as dangerous as you being a woman leaving your bag on a carousel at the airport because, ladies and gentlemen, there there are people inside of the Biden administration with sticky, sticky fingers. Yes, that's right. If you are a woman in America today, you're not safe. And it's not because of the, the Me Too stuff. No, no, no. You're not safe because of people that Joe Biden employs will steal your bags, hunt, will hunt you through the airport, steal your bags, and then wear your clothes all around the country. Sam Brinton is his name. He was arrested uh, yesterday. Didn't have any makeup on. Here's what that looks like. Uh, looks kind of like a, I don't know, conehead, Dr. Evil, Lex Luthor, anyone? I don't know. Take your pick. Super gross. This guy stole tens of thousands of dollars of women's clothing and women's bag from women's bags rolling around at the airports, you know, traveling around on the carousels at the airport. He's Joe Biden's former nuclear waste staffer. Again, Sam Brinton, he's 35 years old, glaring down the lens of an image released on Thursday. Not happy. He's not happy. Man, man, the downfall of Matt Damon. Too bad, really, from goodwill hunting to bad luggage hunting. Very sad story. So he's being held on $15,000 bail in Las Vegas. Love this. We love this story so much. He was in charge of uh, uh, toxic nuclear energy disposition at the Department of Energy until he was finally, finally kicked out on his ass. Took him, took this much, took grand larceny to kick this guy out. These are the, these are the types of cards that you get if you're woke and if you're intersectional. Now, he's a white male. He does certainly have that going against him, but he's not binary. So very good. Now he's not. Now he's non-binary because he was fired by Joe Biden. Get it? LOL. More people being fired at The Washington Post. Let us cheer. The Washington Post getting a little taste of their own medicine. The re- I wouldn't I would normally in principle, I'm against people getting fired right before Christmas. However, The Washington Post used all of their resources and all their power. These gremlin like reporters in order to cheer the devastation of American in the American industrial industries, the manufacturing industries, cheer 
the loss of fossil fuel jobs and coal mining jobs, jobs for regular Americans. These reporters seethed, seethed yesterday when they realized that uh, actually it's their industry that the country uh, needs to do, can do, can do, can do without. And it's actually them who are not providing an essential service, not the coal miner. The coal miner actually provides a a very essential service. 60% of the power plants in America are powered by coal. Did you know this? So when you plug in your Tesla, you're driving a coal-powered car. Well, that's a fact. That's totally lost on these Washington Post libs having panic attacks, screaming at their employer (laughs) yesterday. The woke in revolt. Watch. You're disrespecting it. Nah, man, that's called being a business owner. I'm a business owner. We have we have 15 people that work at least in concert with the Benny show. We are an employer. We're a small business owner. Very proud of what we're building here. Royce, can we show them the full studio again? Guys, check this out. Got the brand new. This is our first day. Brand new studio. Look at this. All practical elements. We're going to be filling that wall. We're going to put up guns probably here. I don't know. Pistols, muskets, swords. Hang a big American flag. But yo, look at this. The brand new Benny Show studio. This is because of our incredible employees here at the Benny Show. This is because of you and your support. We are not laying off anyone. We're actually hiring right now. We're going through like a big hiring boom right now on this show. Meanwhile, the Washington Post has lost 500,000 subscribers this year because Orange Man, not in office. And now these leftists are learning that, well, uh, democracy maybe dies in unemployment. Uh, The paper that says democracy dies in darkness, uh, the room was turned dark on them as the publisher of that paper and the CEO of that paper. His name's Fred Ryan refused to take questions after announcing looming layoffs at a town hall event. You just watch the leftist freak out there. Maybe that's because you're not doing any real journalism. You ever thought about that? You see what we did at the top of the hour here with um, Paul Pelosi? You know, like I worked with ALX for hours on that. We synthesized a bunch of stories. We read a bunch of court documents. We brought new information to bear. We put it together, hopefully, prayerfully, in a way that like, Makes sense bringing in good, important clips, giving you the information, some information uh, appeals to what we thought happened. Some didn't. Who cares? This is the this is what being a journalist is. We presented that to you at 11 a.m., gave you the TikTok, the line by line, all the information. That's what being a journalist is. The term journalist is like you're somebody who journals. It's really like somebody who's cataloging information so that you can understand it. These people don't do that. They don't do any actual reporting. These people are subservient simps, throne sniffers. They're herd animals, derivative reporting that isn't reporting. It's just hive mind sludge. It's all run out of the same ecosystem. They all call the same stupid sources at the CIA and the FBI and Adam Schiff and then leftists inside of other corporate media outlets. They get fed the same bilge 
the same sludge, and then they shove that out there. Derivative, hive mind, herd animal, propagandists. If any of these people actually dared to question the powers that run that organization, that run that company, which is owned by the world's richest man, Jeff Bezos. Oh, Elon Musk, the world's richest man owns something. Oh, we're very concerned about that. He owns a means of communication. Elon Musk says the people who work for Jeff Bezos. Amazon, maybe one of the biggest companies in the world. Not not exactly sure. Got to be. Got to be one of the top five biggest companies on the planet. Jeff Bezos, billionaire, many times over. One of the world's richest men. White guy. Not that that should matter, but it matters to these people. So I'll just play by your rules. You have no moral hesitation and no moral qualms working for a billionaire white dude who's like decimating, decimating industries across the globe with his massive Mastodon company. You have no moral qualms, no hesitancy cranking out a buck for him and being his PR person until finally the gravy train ends. Now you're screaming. Good. Keep screaming. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You didn't you didn't you didn't cry a single tear when you you and your reporting worked to death. In fact, you celebrated. You danced on the graves of J6 defendants who were locked up for practicing free speech, for petitioning their government, as it says in the First Amendment. You defenders of democracy, you cheered, you danced on the graves of J6ers. You danced on the graves of American industries that employ hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people, manufacturing, industry, steel industry, coal industry, fossil fuel industry, oil industry. You would love you would use every last bit of ink at the Washington Post in order to kill all those jobs and make hundreds of thousands, millions of Americans homeless over the holidays. Don't expect any sympathy from us. We are down to zero empathy, zero for you, zero. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Yesterday, Donald Trump teased a very big announcement. Um, turns out it, it turns out it, it's an it's an it's an N- NFT. I guess we should follow up on this because a lot of people like retweeted it. But I guess we now know what I guess we now know what it is. Um, Trump released, Trump released essentially this, this, this video, um, of like America needs a superhero. Um, it got a lot of like play. Not sure. Not sure, man. You know, we're just going to call balls and strikes here. I think a bit, a, a bit of a dud. Here's the video that Trump released. Let's this, this made a lot of news yesterday. A lot of people buzzing about it. America needs a superhero. Okay, so and then the, you know that so people are like, what is he gonna? You know, Kerry Lake's down in Palm Beach right now. Is he gonna? He's gonna announce that he's running with Kerry Lake. Is he gonna announce like a joint ticket? Him and DeSantis. What, what do you guys think? Trump twenty twenty four, DeSantis twenty twenty four, someone else twenty twenty four. A lot of members of Trump's administration want to run against him. Mike Pence, we know this. Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, John Bolton. There's four off the top of my head that want to run against Trump. What do you What do you guys think? You know, my take on this. 
My take, I've been very, very honest about this. I want them to fight. Like if, if someone, like, I think it's good. The way it works in the jungle, politics is, politics is pain. The way it works in the jungle, jungle law says that the lion, the, the lion, the head of the pack gets challenged by the younger males and they fight. They fight it out. It's bloody. It's brutal. But then the strongest lion wins and they lead the pack. That's my take. And, and uh, you know, I, like, I'm a big fan of Donald Trump and what he did for this country. And I'm also a real fan of the way that the system is supposed to work, which is that we don't have oligarchy in this country. And that politics, politics is a brutal game. And you better be willing to take the hits. You better be willing to get, take the hits. You better not have a glass jaw. You better be willing to be just like brutalized. It's a bloody game. Politics is pain. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, you got to be able to fight it out. And I think it'll be good for the party. Fight it out. A lot of people with a lot of opinions. What do you think? Trump train, DeSantis train, Chris Christie train. I don't know. <laughs> Christie Noam train. I, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a pretty packed. I think, it's gonna, I, think, I think there's going to be a lot of rumbling. I think there's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty packed in uh, 24. What do you think? What do you think? It's good. It's good to fight. No kings here. No oligarchies here. We're not like the left. We don't just, what, what, did, what did Donald Trump say? Hillary Clinton got schlonged. That's what Donald Trump said by Barack Obama. Bernie Sanders got schlonged then, right? Bernie Sanders loses multiple times, drops out even though he's ahead. Curious that. Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. Bernie's on his like seventh house though. So he's good, man. He's good, baby. Bernie Sanders could buy Cuba at this point. Private island. You know what? The truth is, is that it's, it's important for us to have the fight. Like fighting and battling, that's what politics is about. And, and, and it's a war zone. And if you're not ready to fight, man, you pick the wrong profession. That's what we do on the show. This is Donald Trump's NFT release, in case you were wondering. So he released an NFT. This is a major announcement. My uh, Donald Trump digital trading card collection is here. A limited edition trading card art, Life Career Center. Very much like a baseball card, but gets more exciting. Uh, get your cards now. $99 each. Make a great Christmas gift. Okay. And while we were live on air, I said that uh, Sam Brinton... Um, non-binary nuclear waste baggage wearer, women's baggage thief wearer, uh, that this, this guy looked like Matt Damon or Conehead. Um, Royce thinks he looks like, um, this guy, he, Mr. Yeah, that's actually, that's pretty good. That's Megamind, right? Yeah. Okay. Megamind, right? We're building out a universe here, ladies and gentlemen. We're building out the universe. We're going to have... A great time here. It's going to be where positivity will meet with energy, will meet with advancement, will meet with some of the biggest names in the movement coming on live for you to watch and ask questions with and engage with. The what we are building here, we wish to be the civilization saver at this program, and we do it because of you. We love you. We really do. We do it because of this God, family, country. You're our family, right? You're our family. God, family, country. That's what drives us here. We're free men and women. We're born that way. And we're going to stay that way because we're going to keep fighting. And we're going to win. And we're going to go right now. And that's what we do. Go, go, go on The Benny Show every single day. My name is Benny Johnson. This has been The Benny Show. See ya.